Well, good morning and welcome to the podcast. My name is Gavin Smith and it's a joy to welcome you. If you're joining us on video, thank you for taking a look in. I've got David Norbury with us today uh, from the EMW, the chairman of the EMW, uh, which, which stands for what? The Evangelical Movement of Wales? Yeah, the Evangelical Movement of Wales or Media Evangelized Cymru, if you're a Welsh speaker. Which is great. Yeah, the first bit of Welsh on the podcast. Uh, hey! It's fantastic to have David. I've, I've asked him to come along. Uh, people know you very well, David. I've known friends. Uh, Lewis was telling me that you were heavily involved in, in him coming to know Christ. Uh, you've been involved in missions. You've been involved in churches. Um, you described yourself earlier as the, the odd job man of church ministry. That's about the odd job man in the kingdom of God. That's about me, I think. That's me on my gravestone. You've, uh, you've been involved in lots of different things. David, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your sort of background, because you, you weren't in pastoral ministry to start with, were you? You were in education to start with. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm from North Wales, North East Wales. Yeah. So if people find it difficult to place my accent. So they sometimes think I'm Liverpudlian. Well, I'm yeah. five miles from Liverpool as the, as the crow flies. Yeah. But northeast Wales, I was brought up, and a place called Connors Key. Oh yeah, uh, we had a famous football team called Connors Key Nomads. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, went to school in that area. Then uh, went to Bangor University. Uh, met my wife there. She told me she was interested. So six years later, she said, "Okay, all right." Then. <laughs> but until then, so six years in six seven years in uh, in Bangor. Uh, studying, did a research degree in chemistry and uh, was involved in a church plant there, remarkably. Uh, it all happened while I was there. Started in a flat I was living in, uh, yeah. A chap from India and a chap from who now lives in Pembroke. They both did. They both, anyway, it matter about that, but it was a church plant anyway in Bangor and that was a really big learning experience. Yeah. yeah so then I got married and we have three uh, great lads and uh, two great uh, um, daughter-in-law and seven amazing grandchildren. Seven. Uh, wow. Now we live in Llanelli, so I've I've worked in all four corners of Wales, just like yeah. to say. Even though Wales isn't square, I've worked in all four corners of Wales, and I can say I'm now in North, South, <laughs> West Wales. So I'm, West <laughs> Wales. I'm learning Welsh still. Still learning Welsh. Good man. I'm on day 753 in Duolingo Welsh. There you go. Oh, superb, superb. And from from what what um, Andrew, your son's told me, and I've spoken to other people that are involved in EMW, you, you've you've been involved in so many beach missions and youth missions. You've served churches right across Wales for what 20 plus 30 years. You've been uh, you got saved at 18, and you you were straight involved in kind of ministry. Tell us a bit about some of like the best missions that you've been involved in. All right. Well, all I've done is taken the next step. I've never sort of had great visions in one sense, except that I do have a, a great desire to get the gospel out, whatever way I can possibly do that, and uh, and encourage other people. So it's not about me. It's about building teams, developing individuals, and getting the gospel out. So that's me so I, I guess I was involved in beach mission through a maths teacher in school who was a key person in my conversion and uh, and so the beach missions have been great over the years from and now 
uh, one of the encouraging missions is in Mumbles that we still do. So we're down to be there this year. So we use Black Pill, uh, which is a great uh, area. Lots and lots of folk come there. And Langland Bay. So we run two concurrent missions for a fortnight in, uh, in Mumbles. So that's great. But I think perhaps the most exciting thing was going around Wales. And uh, because I was involved in the evangelical movement of Wales, churches were happy to work with us. And so we were able to help churches to run missions. And it was very exciting. You know, when 60 churches helped out, I think, and maybe 70 or 80 missions around Wales just was very, very encouraging, exciting to see how people just wanted to get the word out and uh, brought brought their friends and some were converted yeah so an interesting time really yeah it's 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 fascinating yeah i i love your your passion to take the gospel and um i love your passion to to sort of serve smaller churches and um everyone needs that bit of support doesn't it and and is that one of the the key threads of the emw i know you do conferences and and there are camps that run and supporting leaders and, and there's a whole network of churches but um yeah, what, what were you specifically involved in in the EMW? Because you've you've taken on the role of chairman for a number of years. Yeah, yeah well, when I I I um, my professional career took me from teaching in North East Wales to um, being a science advisor to 380 schools in South West Wales, Dovid as it was called then. Yeah then through to being an assistant director and head of school improvement in Newport with 80 schools and 25,000 pupils. So it was really uh, that professional experience was, was excellent and uh, brought me into touch with loads and loads of people and taught me a, a great deal really about, uh, about how we can work with people, what people can do when they work together, and the importance of knowing your organisation and knowing yourself. Lots and lots of things that were good. Anyway, I, that that came to uh, to an end. I, uh, I, uh, it's interesting, really. Failure for me has led to success in different ways. I'm good at failure, uh, so I didn't get the chief education officer post in Newport that I hoped I'd get, but I didn't, and. Uh, and that led to an early retirement, which was wonderful, really, because in Newport in those days, you didn't get early retirement. You know, that was just unheard of. So I got out an early, a year early, which was amazing. And uh, and then they were scraping a barrel in the evangelical movement of Wales. And uh, there I was at the bottom without a job and uh, retired and a happy man. And so that's when I became General Secretary of the Evangelical Movement of Wales. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was letting myself in for, not the slightest <laughs> clue, except that I'd run camps for years and uh, uh, and been part of the camp system, so worked on that, knew about that. And then that, that really opened the door. It was just wonderful, really. An opportunity to work with lots of people across Wales, English and Welsh language, and to help run missions. But the big thing about... You, even Joe moved to Wales was really serving churches. Yeah. What could we do to serve churches? What could we do yeah. that churches couldn't do or would find it difficult? So, for example, a small church can't run a camp. Yeah. Not effective camp because they got not many folk in it. So we could run camps. And uh, that's what EMW done for years and continue to do. A small church can't really run a conference. They just want to meet with other Christians. So 
we run conferences. And then uh, supporting pastors is a big thing, and we've done that even during Midwest for years in English and Welsh. But perhaps the, the, the area that I most had a vision for was helping the people who I thought get the least help and the least training, namely elders, deacons, and often people who are Sunday school teachers or Sunday school secretaries or leaders. And that's an area where uh, we had a particular focus. And amazingly, we had a North Wales and South Wales gathering in January. We decided January, no one else would be stupid enough to run any other meetings <laughs> in January, so there wouldn't be any competition. So yeah. third weekend in January on the Saturday, we'd have South Wales and then the weekend after North Wales uh, event, inviting elders, deacons, leaders, and eventually church workers so that folk could be trained or helped at the very least they could meet people who got the same challenges as them and we'd be able to minister to them and they could minister to each other as well so that's basically and we did that for about 10 years until covid hit and we managed to get a couple of hundred 250 uh, elders deacons leaders people from small churches in the valleys yeah. small churches in north wales and west wales sometimes in in south east as well so lots of uh, lots of folk came and it was just a wonderful wonderful time and that became a uh, a zoom meeting during the lockdown okay. and uh, and that was helpful so folk who were struggling with all sorts of issues not meeting people very often yeah. Bill Swan led that and that did went really well and that's become a podcast at the moment but We've lost a bit of momentum on that. We need to get back on, on that track. We've got plans to improve what we're doing to help and support, especially smaller churches who have particular needs. I, I, I love I love the heart of EMW, you know, just what you've you know, what you've yeah, captured there is serving churches, uh, supporting the work of ministry that's, you know, might be, you know, 50 people in the church and, and they can't run a camp. They've got some young people, you know, gathering together and putting it on together. Just it is, is amazing. It really is. And and you guys have been consistently doing that for years upon years and years. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and and you, you hear about the fruit and, um, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it's excellent. And um, I just want to go back to what you were saying about your professional education, because you, you've got so many skills and experience that you that you developed in a secular you know career but i'm sure you've been able to use them in organizing and structuring emw to to be able to do what they're doing tell us a little bit about how those two link together because i, th I think that's important because god sort of prepares you doesn't he for roles even when you're you, you feel unprepared yourself or you feel like you're going into a new role and and, and you think how am i going to do this but but actually you look back and go oh yeah god you know, gave me some experience in this area or in policy. And then I've been able to use that policy in the church now to, you know, to safeguard children or to, you know, work with, you know, ensure that we, we're protecting people who are working on their own in maybe a church or so lone worker policy. So you, you kind of gather experience and that serves churches and give me, give me some, some connections there. Uh, yeah. I, I think when I started, um, with the Evangelical Movement of Wales, I was convinced that everything I'd done until then, and I say done, I'd been led, God took me step by step, you know, and uh, everything I'd done had prepared me for that particular role. Yeah. 
I, I was I made lots of mistakes. I, I think one of the things that I can say now, I'm not trying to protect any reputation or build any reputation. You know, I am what I am. God has made me what I made, and I've failed where I failed. And uh, so I'm not protecting anything. But I, to say to every single one of the folk who watch this or listen to it, failure is not terminal. Hmm. You know, failure is God's way of teaching you something. Embrace. You haven't sought to fail. You know, things have gone wrong, maybe. Embrace it. God's the God who brings honey out of rocks. Yeah. And I've had to show time and time again, my own experience, disappointment. Uh, for example, I didn't get the job I wanted in Dovid when Dovid changed to Carmarthenshire. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a disaster. But God had a, a role for yeah. me in Newport, which became just wonderful. You know, I worked with head teachers who were just gold dust mm. and uh, with folk who were uh, in the team I was in were just outstanding they genuinely cared about children and it was a privilege to work with them mm. uh, so all those things were building up uh, in for my experience and failure is not the end of it all yeah uh, we don't want to fail and hopefully we won't but so anyway when I started in in uh, the uh, in the MW, I guess I was just pulling together issues around leadership. I think leadership is so important. And uh, maybe later I can share a few models that I found particularly helpful. That would be great. Um, and when you're very busy and lots of things happening. So I would I would be saying that the people who work in churches as elders, deacons, officers are yeah. gold dust. And quality people who are servant hearted. Mm-hmm makes such a difference. And that's what I began to find more and more as the days went by, finding people who wanted to serve, who were servant-hearted, who genuinely wanted to to give their lives, you know, for the service of the Lord and not to draw attention to themselves. David, you talked a lot about leadership and you talked about different models that you've you've come across in your your, your work career that, that are useful for, for churches, for people to, to hear about. Um, yeah, take us through some of those models that you've you found that are excellent, just to help us think maybe differently for, for the first time about leadership. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, just to give you a background to these, uh, one of my roles was to clear up after United Beach Missions in Newquay in Mid Wales. Mm-hmm. So I turned up there to clear up after five or six weeks of mission. And the leader that week had been a chap called Robert Thomas, who was, uh, I didn't quite, I knew him well, but I didn't know what he was doing. And he decided he would help me to shift all these leftovers to the rubbish tip. So that's a good way to get to know somebody. Clear rubbish, take it to the rubbish tip. Uh, and uh, and so that's what we did. And on the way, I said to him, so what are you doing now, Robert? He said, oh, I'm starting to work for an international consultancy company. Oh, really? I said, what sort of things to do? Well, we advise officers and uh, chief uh, executives of companies and we coach them oh i said that's interesting i've just started in newport uh, yeah. perhaps you could come and help us well eventually he did turn up he helped 24 head teachers uh, he had one 10 uh, week coaching session available i offered it to the director of education he said he didn't want it so i had it so for 10 so how do you get to know improve and learn how to do things you empty the rubbish yeah. at a rubbish tip and you talk to the people who are with you just god's wonderful ways yeah. anyway the model some of the models i picked up which are really yeah. important 
important to me. The first one is uh, looks like a triangle. And uh, if you sort of pull it together, it's a picture of who you are. Uh, and it's basically a triangle at the top has your identity. Who am I? And when you're trying to understand yourself and your organisation, because you can use it for that as well, the top part is who am I? I'm a child of God. The next part is what's important to me. What are our values? What are our beliefs? What really matters to us? And so the interesting thing is that uh, who you are drives what's important to you. I am a child of God. Therefore, I, all the things that he loves, I love. Those are the things that really matter to me. And the next level is what I do. So what do I do? Well, I do the things that are important to me because I'm a child of God. So what I, who I am drives what's important to me, what's vital to me, and what I do. Yeah. And then the last uh, thing is the world around me. What do I look like? What does it, my world look like? What does my life look like? And that's all driven by what I do, what's important to me, and who I am. And so there's a, a picture of who we are just in a triangle. And the really interesting thing is if they're aligned, if who I am, if what's important to me, and if <laughs> what I do and the world, if they're aligned, that's incredibly powerful. Very powerful. And uh, but you see, the snag is that with many of us, who I am, say the triangle might, top of the triangle might be here. And instead of being aligned underneath, Mm-hmm. What's important to me is something quite different. Mm-hmm. And what I do is quite different. So I'm never aligned. Alignment is very powerful. Yeah. Whereas if you're all over the shop, if what's important to you is different from what you do, different from your world, you're all over. And you can apply that to a church as well, to an organization, a church. Who are we? What's important? What's really important to us? What do we do? And what's our world look like? Now, here's the danger in church leadership and in leadership generally. We go in at the level of what we do. But actually, that's not going to drive anything. What's going to drive change and drive us is who we are and what's important to us. Instead of us talking about, who, you know, what do we do all the time, we need to talk about those two higher levels which is dry. And so I find that incredibly helpful. So that's that's the first kind of model. What, what have you got in terms of um, sort of leadership and, and action-centred leadership? What have you got on that? Yeah, okay, well, John Adair, when I was, uh, this, again, this is interesting, uh, failure leads to success. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't always feel that way. I was once asked if I would lead the introduction of combined science across Wales by the WJC. And uh, I told my head teacher, and he said, you can't do that. That's immoral. I mean, I didn't know what was immoral about it, but anyway, he said no. And I was so disappointing. You know, I just thought, well, how I've been asked a major opportunity here, and, I, and he's turned me down. Anyway, less than a year later, he came and said, do you want to do a one-term training opportunity? <coughs> Which basically meant 15 weeks of being out of school and going and being trained in whatever I wanted to be trained in. So I didn't know the difference then between leadership and management. So I asked if I could do a 15 weeks on leadership, yeah. change my life, genuinely change, certainly change my professional life. Yeah. 
helped me with a spiritual way as well. Anyway, the model, one of the models that came up that year was an old model, but it's a really helpful one. John Adair, Action-Centered Leadership. Find it on any website, I would think. But it's helpful because it's not just about leadership. And this is now we're talking about what we do rather than the values, right? So we're now into what we do, yeah. driven by who we are, driven by uh, by what's important to us. And here's the thing: leadership is not. A, it's about three things: achieving a task, yeah. building a team, yeah. and helping individuals. Now that's what we're doing all the time in churches. Yeah. It's a selfless, servant-hearted approach. Yeah. What am I trying to do? We're trying to get the gospel out. And I guess there are other things as well, obviously. Take that as an example. We're trying to get the gospel out. So we don't want things getting in the way. We want to reach out to lost people. Mm-hmm. And we want to be clear about the tasks. So we need to define our tasks. Yeah. Uh, and then we need to be know that we're building a team in the church. It's us working together. It's not individuals. And uh, and we're also trying to develop individuals. So we bring people in who others might have discarded or others might think are not particularly brilliant. But actually, we put them in the team. Mm. We develop them and we take care of them. And that when you're in a team like that, it's a, just a wonderful, wonderful thing to be doing. So, for example, on beach missions, we... We spot people when they're very they're young and we say, this is a person who's going to develop into a leader. And so we, we try and support and help and encourage that person, but yeah. still making them part of a beach mission team, the bigger mm-hmm. team and the individual team. So I, I find that a really helpful model. So very quickly, identifying the task, defining it, making it clear to the people involved, really clear so yeah. that, they know what we're about because often we yeah. assume they don't understand it and yes. they haven't been told, you know, no one yeah. told me. So explain it, being clear about that. Then building a team, encouraging people, being positive, giving feedback. You know, the, in this book, Ken Blanchard's book about monkeys, he's got another one called The One Minute Manager. And, and in that he says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, isn't it? So to build a team, give good feedback. And then to develop individuals, matching jobs to people, not overstretching them, but then stretching them when you need to. So all sorts of things. But the model's fairly clear. It's an old-fashioned model, but really helpful yeah, really uh, because it takes you away from I'm doing my little job to we're doing something much bigger here. Love it. Love it. Keep going. Tell me more. What else have you okay. got here? So there's, an, there's another model, which is uh, a really interesting model. I and for, for me, this is, was a game changer in a big way. And we used this a lot when we were in Newport. It's basically understanding mindset. So knowing yourself and understanding other people. And basically, you've got, uh, it, it's, uh, it's called Herman Brain Dominance Theory. <laughs> it all started on the way to a rubbish tip. Anyway, uh, so if you divide a, a, a um, if you think of a, a a quartile, so you divide your um, sheet or your screen into four. Then you ask what people, what, how do people think? Now, this, this was rocket science to me when I heard it first. I thought everyone thought the same way as I did, right? I thought that if I thought it was a good idea, everybody would think this is a good idea. So I move into Newport as an assistant director of education with a big team under me. And uh, 
thinking, if I think of good ideas, they'll all think they're good ideas. What an idiot. Uh, and and uh, so what I had to learn was that some people are built like me and God has made us so that ideas are important to us, right? And uh, so some people are ideas people. I was. Um, but some people are not ideas people at all. Some people are, are analytical. So I'm a chemist by training, chemical chemist, a doctor that doesn't do you any good. And, uh, and I'm, so I'm, I'm an analytical. Yeah. Um, so I want to know, want to know about things. Tell me the information, mm. but other people are not interested in the information. They're interested in people. Yeah. And, and people are really important to them. But then other people are more interested in steps yeah. and process. Mm -hmm. So it's not about give me a good idea. It's tell me the steps I need to achieve to do this. Now, so here's an example. I, uh, my wife is into people and steps. That's how God has made her. Yeah. I'm into ideas and analysis. So if you've got the four corners... I'm the top two corners. My wife is the bottom two corners. We live in two different worlds. And it took a long, long time to realize. This so has helped example, you married as well. Right, yeah, exactly. I'd come home and I'd say, Pat, I've just been asked to run a camp for 60 young people in Wales. Isn't that just truly wonderful? And her head would go down, not because she didn't want to do it. She loves camps. She became a Christian through camps. But she was thinking of the million steps that would need to be taken to keep these kids alive while I was leading the camp. <laughs> so, so, for yeah. her, so we were in different worlds. And one of the most important things to learn when you're in leadership is that the most powerful person in any situation is the person who's, who can move into any of the mindsets. Yeah. So, for example, if you were drawing it out, mine would be stronger in ideas over here, uh, strong in analysis, very weak in terms of uh, steps and people. And I've learned that God has helped me to know that it's vital to be into people and supporting people and it's vital to be into steps. But there is another uh, um, uh, slide, which I think you'll be putting up. It's just very quickly associates what's important people uh, what what's important to people for example if you're into ideas what's important to you top right hand corner is freedom yeah. variety ideas and risk you're okay with risk yeah. if you're into analysis what's important to you is achievement accuracy clarity caution if you're into uh, people Trust is important to you. Relationships are important. Learning is important. Warmth is important. Feelings are important. Very different values. Yeah, all yeah. within God's making of us all. And then if you're into process, this is really important. You're into control. You need to be in control. Yeah. You need to order. You need safety, stability, protocol. And what happened to me when I moved into Newport is here was I thrashing all these ideas out. And someone stopped me one day and gave me some feedback. And they said, we have more pilot projects in Newport than the Luftwaffe. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble and, uh, and I had to yeah. listen. And yeah. these people were steps people. 
Yeah. And so I, bit by bit, we all learned in the team that we didn't think the same way. It yeah. wasn't because anyone was wrong. It was because of the way God had made us. Yeah. And in a team, to understand the different mindsets impact on what's important to them and what values they have is so important. Yeah. So instead of having friction in teams, you understand, oh, well, no wonder he said that because he, people matter to him and I'm not, I should have been more caring about people. Or this person is, is the fine, in charge of finance and control is important to them. Well, they need to know that their control is only for one purpose, to get the gospel out yeah. and to oil a machine that God has got called the church, you know, in order to get the gospel out. Yeah. And so it's not inappropriate but it's how you blend those things together and mindsets are really critical. So uh, I, there's a lot more I could say about it, but yeah, for, for us, really it, was, it was a yeah. really big change. And you must understand that not everyone thinks the same way. So in a church meeting, throw out a good idea. The way I now do it with my, my wife, do, what my wife does with me is say, I've got a great idea. <laughs> so she gets into my mindset straight away. Whereas now I say, Pat, what steps should we take to help these people to, yeah, right? And and it's you. It's being loving in terms of understanding the way people think. Yeah. And it's so important and it can really, really help the way teams operate. But there's a lot more I could say, but I, no, I think, I think that's pretty, pretty helpful. And I think as we as we listen to this and, and it inspires us to go and find out more about these you know, mindsets and these different four different ways of thinking, when you're in a church and you're in an eldership or you're, you're, you know, you've got deacons and elders that are working, they are going to be on opposite spectrums here, aren't they? Because deacons exactly. are process. We, we like to think about steps. We like uh, order. Yeah. You know, we love people. We connect with people. Um, and so th there's a difference, isn't there? And, and often in churches, you can find the conflict that can exist, can't you, between deacons and elders? And, and, and I'm sure we've all got experience of those. Um, but so your advice is great. Understanding people, understanding the kind of leaders that you're working with or the volunteers that you're working with in your teams. Um, this, this will help you to approach it slightly differently. Um, which yeah. does care for other people, and and it does get results, doesn't it? Exactly, and it's all within a scriptural framework. You know, this yeah. is not uh, we're all brighter than scripture. This is scripture applied, in my view, yeah. in a loving way, uh, bearing in mind. And yeah, the, the last thing, I, last one that's important is when things go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Now, in every church, things do go wrong, sadly, and we're all sinful, and we all fail in that area. And uh, and sometimes it's because we're not loving enough or even taking time to understand people. However, uh, there's a, a slide which you'll probably put up, and it's a picture of a boat. And uh, someone who's at the end of the boat that isn't sinking is saying, I'm sure glad the hole isn't in our end. Uh, but it's one boat and one hole, and the whole ship's going down. Yeah. So I, I'm... I would never claim to be able to solve problems in churches in that way. The prayer and love, patience, care, love, joy, peace, all those things, the work of the spirit within the church. But I, one thing I would advise is that there is one simple question that if it's the culture of the church to ask it, 
it changes things. Mm-hmm. If it's not the culture of the church, then it won't make any difference. But if you can develop a culture that says it's okay to ask this question, how did I contribute to this mess? Yeah, yeah. Not how did they, Yeah. how did I contribute to this mess? And if I can ask that question honestly and openly before the Lord and before other people and say, actually, this is how I contributed to it. And I'm not pointing the finger. I'm telling you, I did contribute to this. I was quiet when I should have said something. I said something when I should have been quiet, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I, I knew about it, but I just, I didn't have time to do anything. But whatever it would be, I contributed. And when you do that, and then you ask the question again, how can I not do that again? How can I make sure I don't contribute to that again? Then you're on to onto how can we improve out of this mess and learn from this mess. Yeah. So learning from problems and especially being able to ask it in a genuine way, how did I contribute to this? Yeah. I think is a way of helping and diffusing and encouraging. There's a lot more to say on that, obviously, yeah. but uh, there's a, a hint and a direction and, um, yeah, an encouragement really yeah. to... No, I, I think that's great. Talk to us about what the EMW is doing to kind of support um, deacons and treasurers. Have you done anything over the last few years? That well, just the, we've had, yeah, we had the weekly, we had weekly meetings in the lockdown and themes and Bible, a little bit of Bible exhibition, also talking about issues that are important to people. Yeah. Uh, and that was helpful. Um uh, and that's moved into a podcast. But our plan is to try and uh, provide better support for deacons and elders. I mean, especially now, you know, you talk about safeguarding. Yeah. Uh, serious mistakes can be made in that. And uh, and they they a profound impact. Uh, yeah. or, or just financial regulations yeah. or charity commission issues, you know, just being clear on those things yeah. and, uh, and encouraging folk to to work alongside those rulings and lots of um, model issues being raised and so on. I, I, you know, there's so much need. You, I mean, it doesn't stand still in the past. You might be a treasurer and that was it. But yeah. these days things are moving and you have to be on the ball. And it's great when you, you're not sure and you meet with someone and uh, it's not helpful when someone says you could read these 15 books yeah thank you very much i'm a busy person i'm professionally stretched i'm family stretched and i'm church i'm stretched and you're telling me to read 15 books if i meet someone who actually points me to helpful documentation goes through it with me gives me the highlights i can then work through it i know what i'm talking about and be safeguarded from unnecessary error so it's really supporting to see one of the dangers we've got is independence can become isolation. Yeah. yeah. And isolation is dangerous yeah. because when troubles hit, you're on your own. Yeah. And, but when you're, if you're, if your independence becomes interdependence, yeah. then you're in a strong position because you're working together and folk are looking after your back as it were. As, as you're looking for them. So it's really encouraging people to move from isolation to interdependence. And 
and uh, but not in any sense um, lording it over anybody. You know, it's we're servants helping other servants, yeah. and we're trying to share good practice, which is what I was trying to do all the time I was working education, get people to share good practice. And quite what happened in Newport, you know, with head teachers sharing good practice was truly amazing. And yeah. what some of those head teachers did and teachers, just amazing. And what's happening in churches across Wales is amazing. So a little church in Roach, when you drive into St. David's from Haverford West, you wouldn't spot the church on the right hand side in the middle of a field, Roach. But if you go to that church, some of the things that are happening there is genuinely amazing. And things that you can pass on to other people, you know, that they're doing. And we can learn from good practice there. And then up the valleys, other people doing great things, you know, uh, working in schools and sharing the gospel. You know, again, great things that are happening around Wales and be able to share that uh, and learn from it and encourage those who are doing it because they don't think there's anything special about it because they're doing it in their church but actually it's very special yeah so it's right. getting them to do you know yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's isn't it to to link up with other churches yeah. link up with other yeah. leaders um you know to to find a, a treasure in in another church and, yeah. and have a have a coffee every every couple of months you know exactly. I, I think yeah. that's a, a huge benefit and um i think yeah. if, if you know exactly what you're saying if, if you feel like you're on your own if you feel like you're in isolation then then reach out to to emw reach out to fic reach out to yeah. to the church exactly. office there are places aren't there where you can go and, yeah. and connect so exactly. big big encouragement to to do that yeah David, we've we've covered so much today, and uh, we've talked about leadership. We've talked about failure. We've talked about you know ourselves and and how we need to to think you know about our own mindsets, how we apply that to other people, how we build teams. I mean, you've got so so much good stuff in there. So thank you so much for for sharing your experience and 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 giving up your time to come on the podcast today is is a, is a great great thing. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. I think what you're doing is really excellent, you know, and helping people who need help who are not necessarily recognised or, as you say, uh, appreciated perhaps as, as much as they ought to be. But we're still servants, and it's not about us, is it? it's about the gospel. And yeah. uh, But you're doing a great job. I think it's really excellent. I hope uh -huh. this contributes a little bit at least towards it does. the it does, effectiveness it? of what you're doing. And I hope the church office can serve, you know, churches that are in the EMW. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. We want to make our resources free for everyone to use. And, and yeah, you know, God's blessed us in our church. And so to be able to, to serve other churches is, is really important yeah. to us. So, um, yeah, great. 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 Tell us about um, the EMW conference to finish, because you, you've got two, yeah. two conferences that would be great yeah, to do a little promo a, about. Yeah, there's a minister's conference in early June, and uh, that's... Uh, being planned and there's some great speakers talking about personal revival uh, yeah. and revival across Wales but not in a sort of traditional way of doing it really and also looking at some international work where God's work in remarkable ways so that's the ministers conferences three or four days beginning of June okay. the um, the English conference in Aberystwyth called the ABBA conference is a meeting uh, in uh, in August, I think it's uh, first full week in August. Paul Mallard is the main speaker, yeah. um, and from from Bath, I think. 
and there are other speakers from across the uh, the country sammy davis uh matt bounds yeah Marianne thomas from newport yeah, and yeah. previously of um near near uh, melons yeah yeah. Melons, yeah yeah uh gary brady um and uh yeah and uh paul paul is there as well paul gamston so lots of lots of encouraging time there's a welsh conference as well the week after in abba and uh, that's important so uh, again praying for the folk thanks john trahan from llanelli is speaking at that yeah. so it's really important that, you know we we in wales um evangelism in english is desperately needed isn't it yes, yes, yeah. but uh, the evangelism through the medium of welsh uh, if we think it's tough for the english speakers yeah it's very tough for the welsh speakers because they've known you know they think they understand what christian christianity is really about well yeah. there's a lot of learning to do there so yeah. it's praying for the english speakers and welsh speakers across wales yeah. as the gospel goes out anyway there we are just a few well, things that's, and that's, you've got something coming up as well i hear yeah we're, we're organizing a conference called the rebuild conference just to, again the same heart to to gather leaders across uh, you know wales and further just to encourage them i guess and you know what all god's called them to do encourage them in the grace of god and i think if you're listening and, and you're a treasurer and you know we're talking about training we're talking about leadership we're talking about you know networking and, and spending time with others Conferences are great. And so if you're a treasurer and, and someone comes and asks you, can I go to this conference? Can I spend the money to do this? Let, let's go, let's go big on that this year. Training and you know, opportunities to get together. That that's so, so important. So so recommend um, you know, we we give give our time for our staff and volunteers to attend these things. They are are really important. So brilliant. Well, thank you for joining us on the church office. David, thank you for those that have been listening or watching online and uh, please check out the, the the website for resources and policies and documents and things that might save you time things that might give you that little bit of confidence who else has done this and um, you might find something on the site that serves and please feel free to download it and use it for free and uh, please share the podcast if you think there's somebody that would benefit from you know connecting with sort of uh, discussions and and topics that we do we talk about behind the scenes and then please pass on the podcast and uh, recommend it well thank you very much for your time that's great and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you again on the on the podcast every blessing bill thank you bye-bye